0: stories, big guests, the big picture. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge. Weekdays 1230 to 3, 770 CHQR. Uh, interesting new study of today from uh, the think tank Cardis. Finding that Canadian young adults are increasingly living alone. What would be the reasons for that? What are the implications of that? Uh, The study is called Living La Vida Lonely. An analysis of census data finds the proportion of Canadians between the ages of 20 and 34. Living without a life partner has reached a 20-year high of almost uh, 6 in 10. Joining us to talk more about this report, which you can read at cardis.ca. Very pleased to welcome the program. uh, Peter John Mitchell is the author of this report, a senior researcher at Cardis. Peter, great to have you with us here. Welcome to the program. Well, thank you for having me on. So how dramatic is this shift, in your view? Well, given
1: that it is a continuing trend, um, I think it is a bit dramatic. Um, and knowing the trends that are underlying this as well. So we're seeing a decline in the number of young Canadians that uh, that are married. And we're seeing an increase in those who are, are living together. But that increase is not compensating for the decline in those um, who are married. So that's why we're coming out with this uh, with this um, trend that is uh, towards uh, less partnership, life partnership among young adults.
0: So this, as you say, I mean, it seems a continuation of the trend, and maybe it ties into other trends, like uh, the number of Canadians getting married, for example. Does this suggest, then, that people are porting off those decisions, that even if they're alone between 20 and 34, that that changes after age 34?
1: We did some studies earlier this year looking at uh, census data as well, and notice this trend actually continues right into middle age as well, um, where uh, marriage is declining and more people are living alone. So this is kind of a larger arc over the age group. We were particularly interested in young adults, um, that sort of prime uh, age for for partnership, prime age for for finding life partners, and wondering what's happened there. So also in the background here is we're seeing that people are delaying entry into those uh, partnerships as well. So while fewer people are partnering, if they do partner, it's happening later as well. So that means people are getting to having kids later. Uh, surveys would tell us that we're having fewer kids than, uh, than maybe we would like. And so there are some, um, maybe some bigger implications uh, for that um, around people's happiness, but also maybe some societal uh, implications
0: for that as well. So what are the contributing factors, as best as you can tell?
1: Yeah, I think there's a number of uh, contributing factors, and I think that uh, they're interrelated and and often uh, very complicated. But one for sure is that more young adults are pursuing uh, uh, post-secondary education, which is a very good thing. It's a a very good thing. Um, And uh, that's delaying entry into the workforce, which at times is very difficult to find uh, good, uh, solid, uh, reliable work, Um, obviously coming out of school with a lot of debt as well. And that's delaying entry into things like homeownership in urban areas Of course, the market is uh, often crazy, and uh, it's just out of reach for many young people. So I think these uh, economic factors are helping contribute to uh, this delay in in marriage. Certainly, when we uh, look at surveys of young adults, they're saying, hey, we want to be financially secure before we start making these decisions about lifelong partnership. And so I think that certainly is a contributing factor, and there may be other factors as well, even just uh, cultural factors, Um, you know, we we see uh, that uh, in in dating um, and information going back, even into the teen years, that it seems that teens are taking less risks, taking on even less responsibility. So we have fewer kids that are uh, taking part-time work or uh, you know, delaying getting their driver's license. And some um, psychologists and uh, sociologists speculate this might be leading to um, uh, sort of a delayed uh, taking risk, and it might be putting things kind of off uh, later in life, um, particularly as maybe middle-income parents or higher-income parents are... Uh, You know, um, investing in their kids' future, helping them get into the right colleges and those kinds of things. Uh, Some of that helicopter parenting perhaps might be contributing to this a little bit. That's one theory. I think it's an interesting theory, but we can certainly say that economics is definitely playing a factor here.
0: Right. It's interesting because, I mean, living alone doesn't necessarily mean being alone, and and these people may indeed be in relationships, maybe dating, in, in which sense, though, it might also be counterintuitive that if there are financial pressures... On on people or on, on couples, people who might be in relationship, there might be a financial incentive for them to cohabitate, not necessarily get married, but for whatever reason, they don't seem to be doing so.
1: Yeah, it's interesting. Again, I think it is a cultural shift. Um, If we looked at sort of my parents' generation, quite often you would get married fairly early in your early 20s. You would try to find work, get established that way. And so um, marriage served more as a, a foundation for building a life on. Some of those aspects might have not been in place, but you kind of built on them. Uh, what we're seeing is kind of a flip of that. Sociologists have identified this uh, this flip, and, and they're now saying that marriage and partnership serves as a as a capstone. Once all the other aspects of life are in order or feel more secure, then people are looking for long-term relationships or solidifying their long-term relationships. So it is definitely a cultural shift and a cultural mind shift as well.
0: Well, it, it, yeah, it's interesting that if people are, are delaying uh, getting married, uh, if they're taking the time to do other things, does that make those marriages more solid? I know Canada doesn't really track divorce rates anymore, although certainly you know, in Canada and in the U.S., those have been in decline. Is there a connection there?
1: There certainly is an argument uh, that would say that uh, waiting uh, to, to get married actually does increase the stability of marriages. And uh, that argument's been made even uh, recently in the past few months in the U.S. where data is showing that uh, fewer marriages are ending up in divorce. And so speculation is that uh, some of that delayed uh, decision making into marriage or or waiting to be more financially stable or other reasons maybe maturity or accomplishing other things in life uh maybe paying off so that is one factor that is being debated
0: as you alluded to earlier uh getting married later in life may lead to um you know those marriages spawning fewer children which has an impact on on canada's birth rate what's the connection there
1: Yes, for sure. So, Canada already has below replacement fertility, which means we're not having as many kids as we need to uh, replace our population. So, we rely quite heavily on immigration to uh to bump that up. Um so, we also have an aging population as you know. So, that might have uh concerns for our social safety net down the line. Um and and whether um uh, we're able to support that social safety net or whether we'll have to look outside of uh, that net to more social relationships to help kind of fill those gaps. It may even have uh, personal implications too in terms of family dynamics if, uh, if having children later might mean that those kids uh, are less acquainted with their, their grandparents or, or other factors like that. So it has a few um, different dynamics at play.
0: Does it get to a point then that we would want some kind of a policy response or some kind of uh, incentive or something to push people in in a certain direction? I
1: think policy nudges, particularly when it comes to family formation, is a very tricky question. And uh, I think the reasons for people entering into uh, partnerships later in life uh, is a mixture of different questions. So I'm not sure if pulling on simply on pulling on one string would would sway uh, the cultural uh, cultural shift. It, I mean. It's it's plausible that if housing prices change or something change, that, that might affect uh, as a secondary effect, but uh, we certainly didn't recommend any, uh, any policy changes on this paper. We're observing the trend and uh, sort of asking the questions at this point, but I think you get into tricky business when you try to uh, play around with those kind of dynamics as the a, as a state.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Well, people can read this for themselves. The study's called Living La Vida Lonely. It's up at cardis.ca, that's cardus.ca, that's C-A-R-D-U-S C-A. Peter, thank you for joining us here today. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me on. All right, take care. Peter John Mitchell is uh, the author of this report, senior researcher at the think tank Cardus. Uh, finding the proportion of Canadians uh, between the age of 20 and 30 living without uh, life partners reached a 20-year high even among ages, uh, those aged 25 to 34, it is more common to be neither married nor in a common-law relationship than it is to be married. However, as they also point out, at least according to one survey released earlier this year, 54% of young adult Canadians say they would like to get married. But still, marriage continues uh, along decline, outpacing even the increase in cohabitation. So, yeah, it's interesting. There's no clear answer behind those trends. But they are worth noticing. For. Afternoons with Rob Breckenridge starting at 1230 on News Talk, 770 Calgary.